You're listening to the OHL in 60 podcast. I'm Reese Maney along with Colin Ward. Another weekend in the books around the Ontario Hockey League and quite a few topics for us to get to on this week's show. Of course, we will look as a whole over the past week, weekend, um, give our take on some big things that happened, some big headlines running around the Ontario Hockey League. We'll get to the players of the week um, as well, uh, games that caught our eye. Of course, we will look ahead to this upcoming week, upcoming weekend, give you a little bit of insight into that and what games we'll have our eyes on. And then the power rankings. You know, Colin Ward has some thoughts on those. I do as well. And that's usually how we've been rounding out each and every show so far this season. But Colin, let's get to the thoughts on the weekend here. Um, the East continues to be close. Um, you know, we're talking a separation of only two points, three points, really. If you go from first through sixth, Mississauga being one, Sudbury being sixth. Um, or I guess you could tie Mississauga, Peterborough, 28 points, Sudbury, 25. Um, and then the Western Conference is really starting to heat up with a lot of power, you could say. Yeah. Uh, with the Rangers, Greyhounds, Knights, and Spirit. Um, as well as the Wolf Storm uh, in there as well. That's one through five, you know, separated by seven points, but still they have been very, very good um, over the last couple of weeks. So um, I guess we'll start in the East, Colin. And I mean, we we had kind of talked about this on our previous dog cast on the Bulldogs Audio Network, um, speaking with Matt Turek about, um, you know, what, Maybe not why it's so close, but just the thoughts, because it is very close in the Eastern Conference right now. As I mentioned, six through first, separated by just three points. Yeah. Um, makes very entertaining, that's for sure. Um, but again, we thought Mississauga was that team that was established early on, and that has they've kind of come back down to earth, five and five in their last ten. Um, but but what do you make of this right now? Because it's really, again, like I said, it's it's exciting. It's interesting that it's this close early on. I like to see it. But it's it's at the same time, nobody really wants yeah. it. Nobody's taking it right now. Well, that's the thing. No one's really taking the bull by the horns. I mean, just when you thought Mississauga was established, Reese, I mean, they just aren't established. Um, no team has really ran away with it. And that's what's opening up the door here for a lot of teams. I mean, North Bay has always kind of been in it. Ottawa, where you think about Ottawa, when you watch Ottawa play, Ottawa's dropped a lot of games they should win, um, where Ottawa could be in that lead as well. But, I mean, everyone in the Eastern Conference, look at, Sud- look at Sudbury on paper. How's Sudbury in sixth place? Um, beginning of the year, I mean, no one really thought, would have thought of that. Um, Kingston as well. I mean, Kingston, 22 points, right? Kingston, they're kind of seven, seven and eight. They're kind of the divider right now of, yeah. Got to have a big weekend to get back in that mix. You're starting to see a little separation from six to seven. You're seeing that three-point gap where those teams have to start having a big weekend to get back into that mix. Um, but it's definitely interesting. I mean, no team has really really rode the momentum. Um, we thought Mississauga would take off from with the start they had, but they're only five and five in their last ten, so that's just mediocre. Um, Peterborough, five, three, one, and one. If they win tonight, as Monday as we're recording, um, if they win tonight, I mean, they're in first place in the Eastern Conference again on Tuesday morning. It's yeah. very interesting to see how Peter Rill's going to look. I think Peter Rill's a team come December 10th when World Junior Development uh, 
tryout start or camp starts. I think when Owen Back's gone and they lose that when they lose that guy like that, I think that's when they start to drop off a little bit. They lose a couple points there for that week of games. I think they have two or three games while he's gone. So that's kind of a big that's kind of a big loss um for them. So that's a big that's a crucial week for them. But I can tell you right now, Peterborough can stay hot. I mean that decision to make. I mean, I think it's an easy decision. I think they sell. I think there's no way they don't sell. Um, I think they have to. When you only have two picks in the next four rounds, the next three drafts after your first round picks, and that's only two thirds in next year's draft, what are you going to get? What player are you going to get with two third round picks in next year's draft? Probably not a whole lot. Um, so in my opinion, I think that's a team that's going to drop out of the mix a little here over the next month. Um, round World Junior Development Camp, December 10th. Um, is when that takes place. So around then, that's a big crucial week for them. That's a team to watch around then. Uh, minus minus four goal differential, I think. Peter Burley's on the season as well. So that's a uh, so you're starting to see that little dive a little bit. But the goaltending is playing good, you could say. Um, I like the defense. But, yeah, it's just interesting to me to see where these teams are. I mean, North Bay, right? North Bay, you thought they'd be good. You thought they were going to start taking off. And then they're a minus three, right? Um, it's definitely interesting, but. We'll see what happens. No team can have a big week. Um, and as we know with the Brantford Bulldogs, 7-2-1 and one in their last 10, that's first place in the East over the last 10 games. Um, even with the Bulldogs, right, you think they're having a good year, then all of a sudden they run into uh, Sault Ste. Marie Friday night. It's yeah. very interesting to me to see where it is, um, to see where everything's going. I mean, but Sudbury, I think, to me, is the most disappointing team right now in the Eastern Conference. Um so, and I mean, you you alluded to it before the show. Where he's seven point four percent on the power play. That's that's atrocious. Um, we've been critical of the Bulldogs' power play covering the team, and um, we've been critical of that. I mean, thirteen thirteen point three percent is a joke, but seven point four, that's that's tough. It's hard to even imagine that. Yeah, it's hard to even imagine that. Um, of that pa- of that power play being like that, and with the talent they have, doesn't add up. But. That's a team there that they've now won two in a row. They lost five in a row. Now they've won two in a row. So that's a team there where you could start to see them going to run, but they got to win Monday evening against Peterborough. And um, that's what it comes down to. Yeah. And I mean, speaking about the Pete's, and that was a good point you brought up about the amount of games while Beck is going to be um, not only gone at, at uh, selection camp for, for the world juniors, but you know, I, I, I don't want to say he's for sure going to be on team Canada, but I'd say it's a safe bet. He's going to be, very highly considered for a spot on, on team Canada, right? You would he have to think he's going to be on. Yeah. You would think he's going to be on that team. So, um, and the biggest thing about Peterborough's schedule is the amount of Eastern conference games they have. Like I can count on one hand, how many Western conference teams they play while the world juniors are going on. Um, so that, that tells you right there that you could easily see that separation depending on the outcomes, of course. Um, if Peterborough finds themselves not winning a whole lot, there's your indication to to move off um, and sell, um, which is, is obvious whether they do well or not. But, um, you know, just looking at it, I mean, this week alone, we're looking at a Thursday game against Flint. That's one of, what, two or three games against Western Conference teams, maybe yeah. four. Um, but then a weekend of... North Bay and Niagara, two Eastern Conference matchups there. Uh, the seventh, they got uh, Brantford. Eighth, they've got Ottawa. Tenth, they've got Ottawa. So that'll be the first game without uh, without Owen Beck. Then they go Kingston the 14th, Guelph. So Western Conference game number two on the 15th. 
and then in Oshawa before Christmas, before they break for Christmas. Then they're in Kingston coming out on the 28th, in Mississauga come uh, on the 29th, hosting Mississauga on the 31st, and then you finally see some Western Conference games as they make yeah. that Southwestern Ontario trip into Michigan. You go the 3rd, 5th, and 6th, Sarnia, Flint, and Saginaw in that yeah. order. And that's really that time we're going to see the World Juniors wrap up, so... Yeah, I think I think that's big because the amount of Western Conference games you're going to see um, compared to the East is very slim. Like there are going to be a lot of opportunities for other teams to take advantage mm-hmm. of a Beckless Pete and, yeah. you know, make that decision a little cool. bit easier to start selling and and get guys elsewhere to get some picks back. Um, because uh, that's a very important stretch, not only going into Christmas, but coming out of it as well. Yeah, well, you know what's crazy? I mean, the Eastern Conference and that in play, this is where the Eastern Conference play is going to be massive. Um, this, whenever you see two teams in the Eastern Conference go head to head, which you're going to see a lot, um, a lot of, you really need you really need to win those games. Those games are like playoff games at a point. I mean, we saw that Sunday firsthand, Brantford and uh, Kingston. Those two teams went right at it. And I mean, it was tight defensive hockey. Um, both teams never gave up a lot. Um, smart changes, smart breakouts, smart back checking, you know, good gap control um, and stuff like that. I mean, that's been um, – those games are starting to get tighter. So you can, I wonder if you can start to see the teams now really try to tighten up here and really yeah. tighten their play. Because that's something to me that you got to watch for now. Um, head to head, those games are going to be so meaningful. I mean, everyone's going to be score watching in about a couple of weeks now, going into the Christmas break. You're going to start score watching just because the games are going to mean much more because everyone's in it, which is great for the league. But um, yeah, no teams really grab momentum here. And uh, that's why we have what we have. I mean, yeah. the Western Conference, though, the Western Conference has been dominated, has been dominating right now. I mean, at the beginning of the year, Reese, here's kind of a question. Beginning of the year, who would you think would be better, Kitchener or Sault Ste. Marie? Uh, Sault Ste. Marie. Really? Yeah. I, I say I Sault Ste. Marie higher than Kitchener to start the year. I'll admit that. Um, yeah. They, and, and kind of the same boat I was in with Peterborough going into the playoffs last year. I'm like, yeah, they'll get through one round, but the second, the way they're playing, it's not going to happen. That was me. That's me with Sue right now. I had them higher than Kitchener. Um, obviously, that's not the case right now. So, I mean, that's that's, you know, they proved me wrong. So, good on them. Um, but I, I, I didn't have Kitchener anywhere near the top three. Uh, I'll admit that. I, I didn't think they would have been a top three team in the Western Conference. Um, yeah, I looking- thought Sue had a chance to be top four um, because of the aspirations to host a Memorial Cup and you know bring that tournament to Sault Ste. Marie. So you knew they were going to be going to be up there. Um, I had them top four, top five um, and definitely ahead of the Kitchener Rangers. Yeah, I gotta look right now. I know I like Kitchener's OAs, but I know I didn't. I had them out of the playoffs. Um, but for where they are, I was just never high on Sue's goaltending. But for where they are, Kitchener and Sue, I mean, props to that. Um, those two teams have battled this year um, to get where they are, and you got to feel good for that one. I mean, Sue St. Maria has a big weekend, but Kitchener for sure at next week at this time will probably be in first place in the Western Conference still. Um, in December, they will yeah. probably be in first place. So that's something huge for them. Um, I think they've been in first for the longest time now in the Western Conference. Them or London has to be Kitchener now. It's been a few weeks. Mm-hmm. So that's um, that's impressive, too, for Kitchener. But Sault Ste. Marie, to me, is an interesting team. We saw them Friday firsthand. And I kind of want to touch on this because Sue's a heck of a hockey team. Um, Sue is a heck of a hockey team. I think that they're going to go as far as their coach and goaltending can take them. Um, 
I don't like coaching staffs that every time a player does something, you're all over. You're just all over the player. You're constantly yelling. You're constantly screaming. I don't think that's a really an effective motto here in the Ontario Hockey League. When you look at the past coaches that have won, you really don't see a lot of talk by the coaches to the players, like yelling and screaming at the players during the game happening. I mean, that goes all behind closed doors in between the intermissions and stuff that we don't know. But that's one thing to me that really sticks out as a negative with the Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds. Um, that and their goaltending. If their goaltending can make big saves, I mean, that'll be huge. But if the goal, if they can get the goaltending and if they – um and if their coaching can um, really be a team here, really lead the team in a positive way, I think this team's lethal. Um, that team's a dangerous team. I mean, that's the difference between the first round and the second round, right? Second round every year, you see a team get knocked out. That's a good team. I mean, that 2-3 series, right? It's going to come down to everything. Goaltending yeah. has to be good. Coaching has to be good. And I just think right now, I mean, I'm not – I didn't, don't quote me on this because obviously it's November. But if it was a Sault Ste. Marie, London, I'm taking the Hunters over the Greyhounds any day of the week with John Dean and company. I'm just doing that. But that's something to me where if they can get that under control, I mean, this team's nasty. Um, They box out really well. Then they're a big team. They're a big team on the back end, um, and they don't give up a lot of space. That's a dangerous team, and I think that that's when they score so much, which is interesting, right, because we watched some players, and it's like, this team's weird. How can they score so much, but they're so good defensively? That's so rare to see nowadays, right? Like, usually see a team that can play run and gun, like a couple of years ago, right with Mississauga, right? You know James Richmond teams are gonna be tight defensively, but how are they scoring all these goals? Yeah. It's the exact same thing right now with Sault Ste. Marie. It's like they're so good defensively, they're structurally sound, but how are they scoring so much? So that's a team to me that really keep an eye on. I think this team's nasty. I really do. I think this team can make a run. Um, and that's a team that I think is all over Owen Beck. I think that's a team that's all over Owen Beck. Which, I know which uh makes my quote even more relevant now when I was talking to to read Duffy over the weekend. Yeah, yeah. Broadcasters have to call Owen Beck, Jack Beck. And obviously you got the numbers to differentiate them, differentiate yeah. them, but they 16. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's fun. You could say the least. I mean, it's going to be fun seeing both of them play if they end up on the same team. I would be that. nasty. Um, yeah, that would be fun. I think for the Sioux Greyhounds, what the biggest thing is right now, and I've just pulled up their schedule quickly um, between now um, being November 28th, um to new year's eve the sioux st marie greyhounds and saginaw spirit play each other four times that's big four and two at the gfl memorial gardens uh two at the dow in in saginaw so and that and that's one of the matchups i'm sure we would have mentioned uh coming up in you know looking ahead to to this coming weekend is it there's a home and home between the Greyhounds and Spirit, they go on the 29th in Saginaw, and then they kick off December um, on Friday in Sault Ste. Marie. So yeah, that's... that that's a big way to kick off the holiday season, I guess you could say. But the month of December, late November, early December, heading into the new year, because you know they've got that home and home. Then they will see each other again in the matter of three days. Um, yeah. or four days, I should say. So the 28th in Saginaw, the 31st in Sault Ste. Marie. And so, it feels like every week, it feels like every week Sioux has a big game, eh? Yeah. Two weeks ago, Kitch- two weeks ago, Kitchener. Last week, they had some big ones at Mississauga. And then now this week, they have Saginaw twice. Yeah. That and it seems like every week. Yeah. And I would, I, and you could continue on because December 10th, they host London. Um, <laughs> so there you go. Uh, the yeah, 15th, every week. they're in Kitchener. Um, and then man, even, even those games against Guelph, I would say, are 
would yeah, be those would big. be pretty big ones. And both of them happening at the Sleeman Center, one being on the 16th. That's how they end the uh, pre-Christmas portion of the schedule. And then one happens to be in the new year on January 5th um, at the Sleeman Center as well. So, uh, yeah, I think, I think for Sault Ste. Marie, you're right about them being huge. And, I mean, seeing Gibson in person – um I, we're a little biased being being wings guys but at the same time right it's someone you'd be like yeah you knew he was a big body but he's still gonna grow and you know mature um get a lot stronger when we saw him on friday in Brantford, we're like holy crap he's that big already like he yeah. is he's a beast um him and carlisle greyhounds. again i mean we're wings guys so that kind of helps with it but yeah him and carlisle i thought were were, were pretty impressive um and then yeah. even even seeing Martin for the first time, Brady Martin for the first time, he wasn't a standout guy, but at the same time, no, I still he, thought he played his role very well in that game. So, yeah, um, him and Travis Hayes, yeah, they're 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 big pieces um, for the Sioux Greyhounds. This team can play, and uh, not to mention their goaltenders oh, yeah. are massive, um, which makes a huge difference as well. So, yeah, it's it, they're a fun team to watch, and they got a lot of big games coming up between now cool. and and the new year. Well, you run, I mean, when you're top three defense, you're looking at Karki as the one, Carlisle as the two, Gibson as the three. I mean, that that's na- that's a nice decor to have. I mean, Karki, Car- I mean, 26 points in 24 games. Talk about running a power play. Yeah. Um, that's nice to have a defenseman over a point a game that can run your power play. I mean, that's a bonus. Um, you're playing with house money there if you're Sue, but they're, play- they're playing complete right now. They're playing a complete game, and, I mean, that's huge. You need to do that um, to be good, and – they have certainly done that so far. So great job right there in Sioux. I mean, that's a team that was underrated the host Mem Cup, right? And now you come out to the season, you really make a statement saying, hey, we'll, okay, we'll go there the hard way then. Yeah. And uh, that's big. Yeah. I still think they – I'm Saginaw is going to be a great host, but I was big on Sioux hosting that. So, right. Yeah, for sure. Um, also, there's a couple of things. I want to mention the Silver Stick, Reese. Um, yeah. Vaughn, the Vaughn Kings, uh, Silver Stick champions. Yep. Um, I just want to mention – Adam Valentini of the Toronto Marlboros, 20 points in seven games. Um, Not bad. Eh? Point, that's a points leader. Um, nasty, nasty player. I spent the day watching uh, watching the draft, watching the prospects from that tournament, um, from the Silver Stick, and wow. Um, explosive, explosive player. Um, great talent. Um, future top five pick for sure. Um, heck of a player. And it's just amazing how every single year, Every single year in the draft, you see a guy that's just nasty that just explodes onto the scene every year in their draft year. And uh, we have another one coming right now, so that's kind of cool to see. Mm-hmm. Um, and then one more thing that I knew we could touch on, Reese. I knew this would be right up our alley. The Niagara Ice Dogs penalty kill with 10 shorties. Um, it's impressive. Man, honestly, the penalty kill is not that great. For me, it's hilarious. I think it's like that makes no sense at all. Like, yeah. What? You actually, if you're a Niagara fan, do you want to dec- you want to take penalties? Like if you're a if you're a Boudreaux, are you telling guys, hey, like you can play a little loose right now because we're gonna kill it anyways. We'll probably score. Um, and it was very interesting. I, I mean, the Bulldogs have played them twice now, so you get to see them, I have to see them play twice. And both times I watched them play defensively five on five. I didn't think they looked great offensively though. This team's dangerous. Mm-hmm. This team can get this team. The reason why they come back in the games, I mean. 
And I noticed they catch a lot of teams sleeping. It's not just because of Thursday's game. The Bulldogs were up 3-0. Next thing you know, it was 3-2. It wasn't because of that. It's been This has been a pattern. This has happened. Other teams get up on them by three goals. I mean, then this team just snaps. I think the other, I think the teams that get up on them think, oh, here we go, right? It's another game against Niagara. It's going to be a stat night. Yeah, time and then all of a sudden, boom, boom, boom. Yeah. yeah, we got a game. But I think this team... Um, this team's interesting to me because, I mean, this past weekend was a complete joke. Going to Flint and Saginaw with three lines is kind of asking. That's on management. Uh, management, how do you, do you not have call-ups? I mean, last year you used every single card. Do you not have any call-ups? Um, how do you not call anybody up for that? That's my one question. Um, even for, even for the Eric home Key. game Thursday, it was just Eric yeah. Key. And that was it. Yeah, I'm very game. <laughs> if, that's kind of management setting up to fail. Yeah. But I just think I just want to touch on that penalty kill. Ten shorthanded goals already this year after this week. Uh, and, I mean, Zach Lavoie, he's a stud up there. Um, GB19, obviously, we got to give Gavin Bryant the shout-out. But they got guys up front that can kill penalties, and they got leadership there. It just sucks to see this, not the results coming their way. Because, honestly, when you look at it, then, like, analytically, you're starting to see some results. I mean, shorthanded goals. How many times when you score that many shorthanded goals and you lose games? Like, it's like five on five plays got to be a lot better. Um, but it's just interesting to me, you know, like it's an interesting team to me. I mean, one, you play short, you're kind of, it's a pattern of messing yourself over in this because one, okay, your goaltending doesn't play one game this week. Your goaltending doesn't play good two and three this week. You're uh, you go, you go with a short bench to the, one of the hardest back to backs in the league. That's kind of, that's kind of setting yourself up to fail, in my opinion. I mean, it happens. Thursday night, it happens, right? That happens with the goaltending. But when you find out about the weekend there in the States and Flint and Saginaw and you got nobody and you have no lineup, basically, you're just kind of setting yourself up to fail there. So that one there is on management. That's not on coaching. That's not on the players. That's got to be on management. They got to take accountability for that. Um because that's the reason that's the reason why they lost this weekend because management set them up to fail there. Yeah. Yeah, it's it, it's interesting to to think about it. Like you mentioned, they've got 10 uh shorthanded goals. They only have eight power play goals. So yeah. <laughs> like they have more shorthanded goals than power play goals, that, eh? That's an interesting stat alone. And two of their eight power play goals are scored by um a defenseman. So I mean Andrew Weissick, I mean, good on you. You got two power play goals to your name this year, which is tied for the team lead with Kevin Heehan and Zach Lavoie. But yeah, it's it, it's wild to think, eh? And then you then you also mm-hmm. look at what the per actual um, percentages are, and you're thinking the power play. Yeah, you've only scored eight goals. You can expect it to be under ten percent, which is that it's at nine and a half. Um, but the penalty penalty kill is actually not great at sixty or at seventy six percent. It's just they take advantage of opportunities the other team gives them and they they bury their shorthanded chances right so it's just yep. it, it's odd to see and i mean like you said not like you run nine forwards 5d on a trip to michigan whether Saginaw and flint are good that year or not that's still a tough trip for, for only having what 14 skaters and, and yeah and your two goaltenders right so that's that is a recipe for failure. That's for sure. Um, yeah. And and yeah, you kind of said that correctly. That's all. That's on management, hundred percent. That's that's not on Ben Boudreaux or or the coaching staff or anybody. So, yeah. Um. Yeah, I know that. Good point there, Wardy. Um. Quickly get to the uh, 
players of the week right now. We'll start with the goaltender uh, of the week. We are going back to Mississauga for the first time since week number two. Um, of course, Ryerson Leander is winning it back-to-back weeks to open up the 2023-2024 season. Uh, this week, Jack Ivankovic, and he turned himself into the new Michael DiPietro of the league. Of course, with yeah. Michael being kind of the king of shutouts in other buildings for teddy bear games, uh, Jack Ivankovic does it in eerie. Otters fan base unable to get the teddies on the ice after a goal. It was a first career shutout for Jack Ivankovic, a 5 nothing final. The Steelheads take care of of the Erie Otters. He made 48 saves in that contest. So it's not like Erie didn't throw the kitchen sink at him. Um, he was he was phenomenal in this game. Uh, other can other guys in consideration for the award, Carter George of the Owen Sound Attack was 1-1, one one, goes against average of 2.51, save percentage of 948. Also a shutout for him, 50 save performance for, for Carter George. And then Max Donoso, the 67s, he was 2-1, goes against average of 2.61, save percentage of 9.28. OHL Player of the Week, Matthias Sapovalov of the Saginaw Spirit. Four goals, seven assists. He had 11 points as the Saginaw Spirit continue to roll 10 in a row for the guys in Michigan getting ready to host the Memorial Cup. This is the team everybody expected, and yep. uh, they, they're certainly rolling thanks to thanks to this man, Sapa Valov. Um, also in consideration for the award, Quentin Musty of the Sudbury Wolves. Five goals, three assists for him, two wins uh, for the Sudbury Wolves over the weekend. And then Jacob Julian of the London Knights as well. He had five goals and one assist in three road games for the London Knights. That's impressive. Those are your your OHL goaltender of the week and OHL player of the week, which by the way, Sapavalov finished off his weekend with a, with a Hattie against the Niagara Ice Dogs. So uh, take a break here. When we come back, uh, we'll take a look at the upcoming week, upcoming weekend. Um, we're leaving a little bit more time than usual. Uh, that's because I think this will be a little bit of an extensive discussion on this week's power rankings. So second half of the show is coming up right after this. Welcome back to the OHL and 60 podcast. I'm Reese Demaney along with Colin Ward. Second half of the show. And Colin, let's start with a, with a few games that we're looking out for uh, this coming week, this coming weekend. Um, I think it's pretty obvious. We'd already mentioned it. We're going to be looking at that home and home between the Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds, Saginaw Spirit. That is a very key um, interdivision matchup, West Division matchup there between the Greyhounds uh, and Spirit. Um, also one that's, that's intriguing for me, Mississauga, London. Um, I'm excited for that one. That's a December 1st game at Budweiser garden. So that'll be, that'll be a pretty good affair between the steelheads and Knights. Um, are we going? Oh, okay. Go ahead, Wardy. No, no, no. I thought we were going over last week's game. So sorry. I had it all messed up on my, uh, (laughs) no worries. Um, yeah, I think, I think there's a lot of, a lot of good matchups here as we head into the, 
into the month of December and you know, teddy bear toss season is in, is in full swing. Right. So make sure you get out to, yeah. to whatever arena is closest to you, toss a teddy bear onto the ice. It's always a fun event. Um, like I said, no matter where you are really, um, it's always a, a good time. Colin, uh, what games you, uh, you got your eye on coming up this week? What, uh, what intrigues you the most? Well, it's interesting to me, right? Because one, we have two Wednesday school day games this week, yeah. Ottawa Kingston, Guelph at Mississauga. And it's kind of interesting. We talked about this before the show recently. It was like, if you're an Ottawa or Kingston fan, it kind of it's kind of unfortunate you lose that rivalry game. Um, but one piece aside, right? Um, Ottawa hosted one earlier, Kingston hosted one now on Wednesday. It's kind of interesting, you know, as a season ticket holder, it'd be tough, right? Because you lose that rivalry game, a game that you look forward to. So that's tough at the same time. But those are definitely two games to look forward to. I mean, this week, right? Like as you mentioned, you have Sue Saginaw. I'm interested too. Wednesday night, every game that's interesting, right? Because you got Kitchener and e- Kitchener at Erie. That's a big one. Erie's yeah. been good the last recent last ten. That's been interesting to see how they can run with this thing. Um, they got a, they got stability in net, right? And it's always kind of been the thing with the Erie Otters, right? When you have stability, you need that net, and they have that right now, most definitely. So that's been nice to see for the Erie Otters. Um, so that's a game to watch for. Obviously, Friday night, Mississauga at London's a game, as you mentioned. That's that's a game, right? Because two teams that want to desperately hold on to where they are. London wants to climb up. Mississauga wants to stay in the mix here. One bad. That's the one thing about the Eastern Conference, right? One bad week can kind of take you out of it. Yeah. Um, when other teams start to win, but no team really has right now. So that's the thing. So a great opportunity for the Mississauga Steelheads. Um to have some success this week if they can win Friday, also Wednesday. Uh Peterborough. Then I have North Bay and Peterborough on Saturday. I think that's a game to watch for. Eastern Conference, right? Eastern Conference has been close. That North Bay and Peterborough play some spirited games this year. I mean, last time they met, they had that overtime game where Donovan McCoy scored the winner. Um, and I think that was really a tone setter for Peterborough to stay in the mix um yeah. and stay where they are to kind of put North Bay a little bit back. But we'll see where North Bay goes. Um, we'll see how they come out Saturday in uh Peterborough. So that's gonna be fun to watch. And then I think for me. Um, Oshawa's schedule. It's weird. Oshawa at Guelph. Oshawa's desperately got to get it going, or it's going to be too little, too late. Like same, same story, different year. To be honest, last three I, years with Oshawa. That's the thing. I mean, stay off social media. Don't chirp anybody. <laughs> yeah, that's that. That's the ride they're on right now. They haven't won since that. Um, yeah, I, I mean, whether that is a direct correlation with what's on the ice is probably a teams know about it. Zero point two percent chance. Um, however, yeah, like you said, it. yeah, teams know they absolutely, whether it's them or not, you're thinking, well, there's a level of, I don't, whether it be cockiness or we know with the Bulldogs be, that they know it, the Oshawa generals are nine. Like, <laughs> I mean, as much as the, that social media chirp, maybe it's hurt them the last five. Cause like I said, they haven't won, but like, <laughs> well, you're nine. Why, why, why even saying anything? My opinion, like. Like, yeah, come on, win. like get into a playoff spot first. Now, yeah, there's a chance they were match. there when the tweet was sent out. I'm not 100% sure. But at the same time, it's not like you're in the top five in the top yeah. part of the conference. Like, no, yeah. yeah, Windsor no. was struggling. You're not wrong. Everybody knew that. Like, thank you, Captain Obvious. But that like, doesn't mean you go out and do that. Like, Then they've been hot ever since. Yeah, yeah. then they've been hot yeah, ever since. Yeah, true. Yeah, so Windsor, a nice think, trip. I have that Oshawa golf game because they have a weird – they have a weird travel Oshawa this week. Saturday they're in Brantford. They got to stay over probably to go to Guelph. It makes zero sense to drive back to Oshawa and then go to 
Yeah, that'd be that'd next be day. Late. But they could they could go back after the game, which is very odd. You know, you like to save hotel rooms, but it's kind of different. It's kind of unique to see you play a Saturday game in Brantford and then a Sunday game in Guelph at two. So to me, that's kind of odd to see that their travel will be interesting to see what they do there. Yeah, that's the thing. I think if it's a seven o'clock game in Brantford, hundred percent you're staying somewhere. Hundred percent. Fact that it's yeah. at four. What you get back to Oshawa? It's ten, eleven. I think. Yeah, uh, game ends at no. what six thirty. No, yeah. you'll probably back in Oshawa by. Bus probably leaves around between seven seven thirty. You're probably back in Oshawa by nine thirty ten, depending on traffic. Anywhere anywhere between nine at, and ten. And then um, right and then back at the rink for the next day for the yeah, bus. You're, yeah, you're back on the road now. The plus the plus for for Guelph is you get to stay right on the four hundred one um and and head to guelph but at the same time you're still thinking you leave at 10 the latest just to be safe go all the way through toronto down to guelph um i leave at nine to be honest you don't know but sunday morning is usually not too busy yeah that's a that's a tough one honestly i think it all depends on and i being firsthand experiencing this firsthand as a member you know being an intern for the ice dogs both when they were bad in 2016-17 to when they were competing for a championship in 18-19. There were certain nights where they wouldn't spend money on a hotel when they weren't too good, so they just travel home, whereas the year that they were going for it with Robertson, Studnika, yeah, they would pay the extra bill and, and grab a hotel one night. Um, so that, that could be a leading factor. I don't know if that's every team, but I would whether well, they or not, I would definitely say that's something teams do. Yeah, so, for sure. I mean, whether you look at being a ninth uh, at the beginning of December is a reason not to get a hotel room, I think is bizarre. Um, <laughs> my opinion, I just this hate driving the, through. This is like, in my opinion, I hate driving through. Yeah, like, I, I hate driving through Toronto, so I'm staying. That's yeah. just me. I'm not driving a bus. I drive a Ford Explorer, not a bus. So there's a little bit of a difference. <laughs> um, yeah, that's a that's an interesting question. Interesting travel there. Yeah, but I was thinking about that. That was odd. And now yeah. I could I want to ask a question now, Rish, and I think we can have some fun with this one. I think we'll have a lot of listeners involved um that can kind that can uh, chime in if they want to, just message us uh at the show account. But which what team this week in the Eastern Conference and what team in the Western Conference has to have the biggest weekend this weekend? I think that's an interesting debate we can get into, Reese, because there's definitely a lot of teams in that mix. The Eastern Conference, you could say every single team. Yeah, but there's got to be that team. I mean, the West, I kind of have my pick, but the East, I mean, it's hard. But I think I have my pick as well. Yeah, in the it's difficult because you're, this is hard because Peterborough, I, I'm I'm on the bandwagon. They're going to be sellers. So mm-hmm. I I I mean, I'm, I'll, everybody in the Pete's organization wants to win. I'm not saying they don't. Um, maybe there's a part of their, their front office that wants them to lose to get some, get a better draft spot for when they do sell off, um, yep. upcoming. Cause they have to, like you said earlier, they need picks badly. Yeah. Um, and they could turn into the Regina Pats, what they were going for the hundredth Memorial cup. And they really haven't been close ever since. Um, so, I mean, I wouldn't really count them in that mix. Um, Man, honestly, Sudbury. I think Sudbury's got to have a big week. Yeah. Now, now that all starts with the game on Monday in Peterborough. We're not a thousand. Obviously, we're 
recording as as we're watching with the with the game. Yeah, Barry Mississauga. Yeah, with the with us recording Monday, releasing Tuesday. The game's on while we record. Um, yeah, the Sudbury Wolves, like that power play's got to go. Um, and that's going to be a leading factor to winning hockey yep. games going into Christmas, into the new year. Um, you you got to get that power play rolling. 7.4%. You mentioned it's atrocious. Like for the expectations of this team to win the Central Division and and go deep that's in terrible. the Ontario Hockey League playoffs, it's got to be way better. Um, yeah. So so for me, it's the Sudbury Wolves. Whether Whether you pick up every point possible and put yourself in a top four position, I think we're overlooking how valuable it is even to just play good hockey, not necessarily collecting yeah. every single point possible, but, but I would say they have to be a 500 team this week and weekend. They have 100%. to be that or, or above it. Um, I would go a little bit closer to being above well, 500 only... this week, but yeah, I, I would only... say the wolves in the East. Yeah. The only way to go 500 is one, one, and one, right? Mississauga or they have Peterborough on, on monday tonight as you record yeah so i don't know oh, so i guess i guess i don't know if we could count that but and then barry on friday at home i think somebody has Missis- to expect to win that game yeah they have to and then yep. mississauga on sunday in mississauga yeah so one one and one that can't go tough. one and two um no and while we're recording they're down in peterborough everyone going into so, the third yeah it's you you got to go two and zero oh if you're Sudbury. Yeah, you got to collect every point possible this weekend if you're the yeah, Sudbury you Wolves. At least three. Yeah, at least three. At um, least to, at least to get going. Now, if they go one and one, yeah, okay, and it's a close I, one. Like I said, I think you have to expect to beat Barry if you're Sudbury. Um, yep. Just from where you want to be, the talent you have. Barry's a good team, but they're not where Sudbury really is and where Sudbury's headed. Yeah. So uh, you know, I like I said, I. For the Wolves, I think you got to expect to get two points out of that game. And then if you play a tight game against Mississauga, um, whether you lose by one or two in regulation or, you know, potentially lose in overtime or a shootout, that, that's still a win for me. But at the same time, it's starting to get to the point of the season where points mean a whole lot more maybe they when they did to start the season. Now, points yeah. are important for all 68, but where Sudbury is, I think if the power play is going finally, then, then we're going to see results this weekend. But if not, it, I don't want to say it'll be an own two weekend, but uh, it's got to get going. And well, Mississauga, right. If you're not good special teams, well, it's against Mississauga, they're going to pick you apart. Yeah. Um, five on five. I mean, 81.5%. The Mississauga PK is your power plays 22.2% for Sunday's game. So that's interesting to me um, to see that, how that translates on Sunday. Yeah. But yeah. You got to get through Friday first with Barry. That's a big game Friday night. There's a lot of big games and a lot of teams need to get off the shine. Um, but I, my team this week in the Eastern conference, that needs to be good is North Bay battalion. Um, North Bay, uh, they won their last game, obviously, 5-4 and won in their last 10. But this is a game for them where it really feels like they can take control this week. You have Kingston Friday night, which bit massive game. Yep. Um, then you have Peterborough in Peterborough on Saturday, as mentioned earlier. Massive game. And then Sunday in Ottawa against 67s. Three Eastern Conference teams, three teams that are right around them in the bubble. Yep. I think that's a game that I think you have to have at least two out of three on this three and three. That's a massive three and three this week for them. Um, and you talk about critical weekends, right? And I'm glad you mentioned Sudbury, Reese, because it kind of goes hand in hand, Sudbury, North Bay, where they are. It's two teams, decent on paper, Sudbury especially really good on paper. Yeah. Um, 
that when you think they get going, they don't. Um, North Bay is right in that mix as well with Sudbury. And it's two teams there where they have to have big weekends. If they don't have big weekends, it kind of set yourself back. For Sudbury, as you mentioned, Sudbury, they have to have three points this weekend. If Sudbury doesn't get three points this weekend, they're going to stay sixth spot in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, It will just happen. Um, North Bay, North Bay, if they can get three out of the six or four, they got four out of the six. That's an incredible weekend. But if they get three out of the six, that's a, that keeps pace where, where you are at and where the Eastern conference is trending right now. So those are my, those are, that's my team to watch for it. I'm glad you mentioned Sudbury because those two teams, I think, I think it goes hand in hand of teams that have to have a big weekend. Yeah. Yeah. I I agree. Cause North Bay with the, with three out of six gets you to 30 and that's, whether you look at it as a milestone number throughout the year, I don't know if teams actually do that. Um, but you get yourself to 30 points. Um, you know, like you said, you stay around yeah. the mix. I think, I think whether these teams look at this or not, but uh, at least for us covering the Brantford Bulldogs, we're looking at a game against Niagara Wednesday and a game against Sarnia on Friday. Has to have now, at least three out of four. Yeah. So, so you think about that, keeping pace with the Bulldogs after those two games. And again, no disrespect to the Ice Dogs or Sting. It'll be a competitive game for both. Um, it just, you, you would have to think where the Bulldogs are at. You, you have to think they expect wins in those games. Yeah. Um, and then, especially even against Oshawa the next day. Um, Oshawa which, has to win which, that game, which begins my holidays of attending Christmas parties for family. And I will be not, not in attendance for that game. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's for, for the Bulldogs, you could easily see six points available or I would say, and we'll get into this a little bit more on the dog cast, but for, for those teams around, like you said, North Bay, if they, if they go three out of six and they're right around Brantford sticks with them, Ottawa's in there as well. You mentioned Peterborough Kingston, Kingston, a little bit further back, but still in the hunt looking to get back in it. So no, I, I like that move by North Bay. Cause I think they're also a team that, Oh, is this the year that they sell off? They've been competitive for two years. What's going to happen? Um, still kind of figuring out. Cause they're in the, they're not really in the middle, but they are, they got, they got to figure out what they're going to do. So. 100 percent um western conference mine's an interesting pick actually and we've, i for me personally i've kind of talked about them for the entire show really um yeah. at least in the first segment anyways but um for me it's sue it's a sue greyhounds <laughs> i was thinking uh, that too be, <laughs> i i mean we could pick saginaw as well that's, that, to keep that's what i was about to take but, but i was for, about to flip that i was but, gonna take saginaw with who they have this week yeah like for me the sue greyhounds because you built yourself a I don't want to say comfortable because it was still early enough that teams could build their way back into it. But I think for the Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds, yes, they had a Saginaw. Um, yep. you, you just know both teams are going to buy. Obviously, they're in a position to do that. I would expect them to. If they don't, I'm kind of questioning some moves or moves that. Oh, Sue's going to go all in. But Sue is going to go all in in this for sure. Yeah. So for for me, the Sioux Greyhounds, I think you got to keep yourselves ahead of Saginaw for as long as possible. Um, because Saginaw is charging hard behind Sioux. Now the two games against each other kind of help. You can keep that separation if you're able to walk away with three or four points against the Spirit. If it's four yep. points, Sioux St. Marie, wow, congratulations to you. Um, but I think for them, it's a matter of continuing to play well defensively, continue to play well um, on the power play, on the penalty kill. Those numbers have been phenomenal. Um 
and just 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 keep doing the little things right because I think there's a lot of talent like we've already mentioned numerous times throughout the throughout the show so far. Um, so for for me, it's the Sioux Greyhounds. Just seeing if they're 100%. able to stay ahead of Saginaw through this week. One hundred percent, I agree. And I guess we can do a co co team because I'll I got another team as well. Yeah. But um, I guess we can do a co team with the Saginaw Spirit as well because Saginaw. I mean, this is a crucial week. And yeah. It's kind of a poll. It's kind of a good poll question. Does the Saginaw win streak continue this week? I mean, if it get if they get through this, it's a real gauntlet this weekend. You go, you got you got Sault Saint Marie on Friday, and then you have. London, right? Yeah, then it's, I believe it's London. The next game. I'm still looking through the schedule. Yeah, at home Saturday night against the London Knights, seven oh five in Saginaw. Those are two games. I mean, that's a tough weekend. Two teams yeah. above you in the conference, barely above you. Um, I think if you're Saginaw, that's the time you want to play when you're red hot like that. You're feeling good going to the arena. Yeah. Um, but I'm glad that we mentioned Saginaw as well because they have to have a huge weekend. That win streak has to continue. But, I mean, Saginaw on paper analytically has been great. 88.4% on the penalty kill, 33.3% on the power play. And I mean, it makes sense on the power play. And with the talent they have there, uh, that just makes sense. But, yeah, Saginaw, Sue. My pick is interesting. I don't think it's a pick that our listeners are going to think, well, wait, that's interesting. But the Erie Otters to me. The Erie Otters, with what they have this week, it's a tough schedule. It really is. It's a tough traveling schedule as well, um, especially if the weather's terrible because they have a home-and-home home with Owen Sound this weekend. That's but that's tough. a that's massive, though, for you to get back into this race. You're, what are you, you're three points behind. Yeah, you're yep. three points behind the Owen Sound attack. Um, that's huge. You have four points up for grabs in the two games, then, then a midweek contest against Kitchener. That's a very hard schedule for the Erie Otters. But if Erie could find a way. If the Erie Otters could just find a way to get three out of six this weekend, all of a sudden that playoff gap between eighth and ninth gets real difficult now for the nine spot for the Sarnia's thing. They have to have a massive weekend. Um, losers of their last seven in a row, but they have to have a massive weekend. Weekends, you could say, um, if Erie goes on to have a roll off a couple of victories this weekend because that really kind of like a few years ago, it really kind of settles the Western conference for at least a month. If, yeah. um, if Erie can have a big weekend here, Erie Flynn, Owen sound. Um, yeah. That bottom half's getting tighter as well in the West, right? Windsor wins two games this weekend. That's big. Or wins a big one against Ottawa. So that's huge. So, uh, we'll see what happens, but that's definitely an interesting, uh, topic. I'm glad we got to talk about that because, there's so many teams this week that have to have big games, but there's also a lot of pressure on some of these teams early on here as we're a month away from, not even a month away from the World Junior Development Camp. And the World Junior Development Camp, you got to know what your team is because basically when you're there, you're in the Christmas break, to be honest. It's a week, right? It's freeze a, started, you, you can feel the trade freeze coming, right? Yeah. So do you get something <laughs> done before, try to squeeze it in? Do you get something in place yeah, you have and to then have it ready to go when the freeze is over, you know? Yeah. You, yeah. You got to make that decision. Absolutely. You do. And this is the time right now, last week in November, first weekend in December. Yeah. You got to start having those discussions with the front office, with other teams. Yeah. If you're looking at trades. Right. Um, and I, I like that eerie pick because I thought their power play has been a lot better at 26.1%. Um, you know, the numbers starting to get up there into the teams that we're looking at the top of the Western conference. Right. Um, so, I mean, penalty kill, a lot of work still to be done there at 70%, but six, three and one in their past 10, um, they've created a five point gap between the Sarnia sting 
Um, and just, just keep it rolling. You're a 500 team. Um, and it's, it's been enjoyable to watch. They're still, like I said, to start the season, they were my surprise team that they're going to surprise a lot of people with where they end up again, not saying they're ever going to be near the division championship or a conference final, but at the same time, you can still put, uh, you know, put some doubt in other teams' minds. If you start games off well, if you're starting to get on a roll, like they kind of are right now. So hundred um, percent. No, I like that pick call. I, that's a good pick for the, for the Western conference Erie otters. there, kind of switching things up a little bit. Yeah. It's definitely off the board. Right. But I mean, they got to have a big weekend. It's nice for Erie, right? You're six, three and one, your last 10. And you just got to see that stability in net. Like when was the last time we've saw them have stability in their own net, like in net. Yeah. Since then. Yeah. Like yeah. it's been a while since we've saw this. So that's huge to see uh, the Gojo move was massive for them yeah, to really flip the sky, um, to really flip that team around. And uh, they've been good. Um, their power play is definitely respectable. Their penalty kill has got to be a little bit better, but um, by a little bit, but I mean a lot. I think it's dead last in the Ontario Hockey League. Yes, it is. So 70%. I mean, got to get better in there, but um, most definitely they can keep the puck out of their net. And if they can get, score more goals, obviously the name of the game, if they can do that, they're going to win. And they got to kill penalties. Special teams got to be good. Their power play. They can score a lot. And we've already talked about that before about the Iriotas, right? How this team can score a lot, but. They got to keep the puck out of their net, and you're starting to see that. And uh, that's why the wins are starting to come for the Erie Otters. 10 and 10. 10, 10, and 3. No team. Yeah, that's crazy, too. Eh? No team in the playoffs right now is under 500 in the Western Conference, the West, which is yeah. incredible. That's incredible. That's um, that's a good stat this week. But, uh, yeah, and the East is getting close. 10 and 11, Barry. 11 and 12, Kingston. Mm-hmm. If that happens, when's the last time we saw that? Yeah. Yeah. That's that right. sounds like a lot of research. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, but uh, yeah, no, that was a good discussion there. Cause kind of that's, I don't want to say it's a, for it's a monthly thing that um, we could do to evaluate teams. But when you head into before world juniors, it's, it's report card time. How's your team yeah. doing? Where are you at? Time to make a decision. So um, yeah, we're two weeks away from that show. I think where each yeah, team is, I would say so. I think the last show before the Christmas break, we'll get into that. Buy, yep. um, buyers or sellers and a little bit of world junior talk. See yeah. what's going on there. Yeah, absolutely. Before we break for Christmas as well. So, um, yeah. yeah, we got about 10 minutes to go here in the show. Let's get to the power rankings for this week in the Ontario Hockey League. Uh, four teams not part of the rankings, as always. That being the Niagara Ice Dogs, Windsor Spitfires, Sarnia Sting, and the Oshawa Generals. Uh, we'll go in reverse order, 16 to 1. Uh, Barry Colts down two spots at number 16. Kingston Frontenacs up one spot to 15. Brantford Bulldogs up one spot to 14. Next two teams don't move at all. Erie Otters at 13. Flint Firebirds at 12. Or actually, next three teams because the Owen Sound Attack at number 11 don't move either. Uh, London Knights, number 10. They're down two spots to number 10. Number nine, Sudbury Wolves. They don't move at all. Ottawa 67's down three spots to number eight. Peterborough Pete's down five spots to number seven. North Bay Battalion minus three to number six. Mississauga Steelheads on the rise. They are currently the fifth ranked team. Uh, Guelph Storm with the biggest jump of the week up six spots to number four. Sioux Greyhounds move up four spots to number three. Kitchener 
drops one spot to number two and up three spots now in the number one spot winners of 10 in a row Saginaw Spirit uh Colin Ward I think I, I don't know if we do a bottom four because I think the four teams that are out of this are in ours um we can do it quick if you want um, yeah sarnia sarnia 20 for me um losers are seven in a row uh one and nine in their last 10 um do you want your reverse or do you just want to say four and then no nah, you you can give your four i'll give my four because like i said it'll okay. probably be a pretty quick thing yeah i got yeah i go sarnia 20 niagara 19 um honestly right now I go Windsor eighteen and then seventeen Oshawa. Um, Windsor having a big week. Uh, I mean, that's a big win. That's a big win for Windsor, even after the coaching change, right? You think that's yeah. when the team would get even worse, but they actually got better. Green Tree had a big week as well, which is huge in his draft year. He needs that, um, and that's a player to watch too. I mean, I doubt Windsor moves on from him, but I mean, in your, in your draft year, you want to you you probably want all the minutes you can get. Windsor's going to give them that, but yeah. Um, at the same time, it's nice to win so you can play longer, right? Absolutely. Um, number 10 for me, the, or number 10, uh, number 20 for me, there's the Niagara ice dogs. Um, let's play with a full lineup here, guys. Um, yeah. And, and at least give yourself Their a management chance. would be 21 on my list. Yeah. Big time. Um, again, yeah, that's got nothing to do with the players or coaches or anything. Um, sometimes the injury bug hits you, but again, you got to have reinforcements to, to fill those spots. Um, Number 19 for me is going to be the Windsor Spitfires. Two big wins. Uh, two big wins. I will give them that. Um, I still don't think they're as good as the as the Sarnia Sting. Um, just, again, the ability to keep the puck out of the net is, in my opinion, still not there. Um, 136 goals against. And, again, two wins is big, but um, still a lot to prove to me to get out of the to the bottom two there. Um, Sarnia Sting, number nine. Um, and then, and then Oshawa generals are, or number 17. So I guess it'll go Niagara 20, Windsor 19, 18, Sarnia and 17, Oshawa to the top five. Um, you could say the top five in the Western conference cause <laughs> they're, yeah. they pretty well fill up my top five. I have a new uh, one seed, <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, Colin. Uh, we'll start with you. We'll we'll do uh we'll do alternating picks here. Um, who's your number five to kick five things to, off? Five to me. Winners of their last four. Um, Guelph Storm. Um, Guelph to me a five game point streak. Uh, Guelph's five for me. Yeah, number number five for me is um. Man, I was debating on whether going this west or east. Um. Yeah, it's hard. This it was five's a hard one. Yeah, the five's the biggest one that that was difficult. Um, my my opinion, I'm. Oh man, this is a last minute decision. My top three are set. It's just a matter of who's four and who's five. But four and five for me is basically tied for five. I decided to put someone. Yeah. Four. Yeah. Um. For me, I I'm a I'm still a big fan of the Mississauga Steelheads. Um, okay. I, I like the way they play James Richmond. I've always been a fan of, um, they're, they're currently leading the division number one in the Eastern conference. Um, you know, five and five in the last 10, I mean, 500 team, 
Um, hasn't been great. Hasn't been bad, but, but at the same time, I still think there's a lot of talent on this team. I think they'll continue to be around the top four in the Eastern conference for the majority of the season. So, so Mississauga still in the top five for me. Um, but this time at number five, I agree with that one as well. I have Mississauga four on my list. And it was honestly Guelph and Mississauga four and five. I mean, it's basically a tie for fifth. I mean, um, Guelph's been great. Uh, but Mississauga's four for me. I mean, you can never count out the division leading team, the Eastern Conference leading team. I mean, the, the way they play, right? Um, plus 20 goal differential. That's still there. Analytically, is there. Um, just power play has to be a little bit better, but it's still decent, 22.2%. Um, so it's there, but yeah, they just got to stay out of the box, too. 373 penalty minutes is a ton of penalty minutes yeah. right now. Um, first in the Ontario Hockey League. So that's one thing for me to watch for Mississauga. But if they have a big weekend, they can go either up or down because it's definitely right yeah. now one, two, three, and that's its own little bubble. Then four and five are basically the same. Yeah, yeah. Uh, number four for me, the London Knights at uh, uh, currently in the three spot in the West, thirty-one points. Um, you know, power play up near thirty percent, so that's been uh, that's been good this season. Penalty kill eighty-one and a half. Um, you know, I've liked the Knights. I've I thought they've been really good for the majority of the season. There was a little bit of a stretch there that it kind of went downhill a little bit, but um, another team we're talking about Mississauga being at 373 in penalty yeah. minutes. A lot of nights are 365 um, yeah. and their power They're or their both. penalty kills the exact same 81 and a half, which I think is hilarious. Yeah. Um, but uh, I think the points for me is what keeps them ahead of Mississauga. Um, they've got one more win on the season. So, so that puts London at number four for me. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, London's been good. I mean, the thing is with London's penalty minutes, you had the Bolton brothers. Um, yeah. Yeah, you got some heavyweights yep. on that team right now um, in London. But, yeah, that's a good one. On the three? Yeah, who you got at number three? Three for me, I mean, is a red-hot Saginaw spirit. I mean, they've won 10 in a row. Having them three is a question. But um, Saginaw's 10 for me. I mean, let's see if they can get through this weekend, right? They had a couple. They had a game against Sarnia, a game against Niagara, two games against Niagara. Um Let's see now what can happen this weekend. They have a big weekend this weekend. They can go from three to one, to be honest. Yeah. It's almost like it's like the college rankings at this point with the NCAA football. Um, it's who you play, right? And I just want to see who they play. Yeah. Yeah, there are three for me as well, Colin. I think your top three are probably the same. Um, yeah, 10 and 0, they've been on fire. Um, I mean, I saw them firsthand in St. Catharines, a 3-2 game, um, but they found a way to win that, that close one, and I thought Oak was really good. Uh, in the Saginaw net again, Niagara, not a good team to measure them against, but at the same time, um, a game where you're sort of panicking because you go up to nothing, blow the lead. It's two, two going into the third and you're like, holy crap, what the heck's going on? Um, mm-hmm. But then ultimately able to come away with a three, two victory. So um, Saginaw's on the rise. That's for sure. Um, they're starting to look like that team that everybody expected to, to compete for that Memorial cup. And of course championship in the OHL comes first, but Hosts of the Memorial Cup, they'll they'll automatically be at that tournament come the spring. So, uh, number three of the Saginaw Spirit for me, uh, Colin. Who's number two for you? Two for me, and I mean, I know it's a stretch to say this because they are the top team in the Ontario Hockey League, but the Kitchener Rangers are two for me. Um, Kitchener's a dominant team, no doubt about it. But uh, for me, uh, yeah, Kitchener's um, Kitchener's two. Yeah, two were flip flopped on this one. Sue's still two for me. Um, I still think yeah. Kitchener is, is better than the Sioux. Um, 
you know, I, I, I've liked the fact that their goal differential is, is as big as it is 126 goals for only 72 yeah. given up. Um, you know, I mean, we're still not talking about any teams who only have five regulation losses like the Peterborough Pete's do right now, but, mm-hmm. um, for the Kitchener Rangers, I think they're, they're, they're dominant right now. Um, they're yep. one of the, they're the best, they're the best team. Um, which is why I have Sault Ste. Marie at number two, because they're, they're right behind Kitchener. They're getting there. Um, but, uh, still a little bit more work to do. With me, I'm I'm a big Sioux fan. What I saw for what I saw this weekend from the Sioux St. Marie Greyhounds, um, I honestly right now I think Sioux's tougher than Kitchener head to head. And I know that's crazy to say, but from what I've saw between watching both teams play, um, the Sioux Greyhounds, man, they box out tough. They're not gonna give up any easy goals. I know Kitchener's the same way. And I mean you look at their goals for and goals against, but and Sioux, like I watched this team in like the stress to detail is there. Um, the boxing out is there. There's no space. There's zero space. Um, you know, you have the forward up in the play or up down in the play in the back check and stuff, but they still find a way to get pucks to the net. They still find a way to get to the net. Um, they score a lot of goals and they still find a way to um defend. And it's almost as if sometimes when I watch Sue, they're playing six on five instead of five on five. That's how good they look so far. Um but I'm a big Sioux fan right now, and uh, I think honestly. And then when if when Sioux goes all in about five weeks, five and a half, six weeks time at the trade deadline and goes and gets a guy like Owen back, that's a team that's going to blow away with this thing. Um, in my opinion, I really like Sue. I think they should go get a goalie, and I think they should be all in on a guy like Back. If they do that, there's no doubts in my mind that they can't win the OHL championship. I think they're a goalie away, and a. Uh, and it's just a stud up front. If they get that, they're set. I don't know what flaws they have. Yeah, I mean, no, you make a lot of good points. It's really hard. It really is. Um, I mean, it's just I, an opinion on me. It's just honestly the reason no, why I have it is an opinion. No, and I mean, you can easily use the advantage of they have points in their last five. Um, yeah. these two Greyhounds. Um, I think that's a that's a good argument for them. Um, the tough schedule. Yeah. Um, for me, having Kitchener top, I already mentioned the goal scored. They can they can score in bunches. Like this, this team is is very good. Um, at putting the puck in the back of the net, you've already got 18 wins on the season in 25 games. Um, they've been eight and two in their last 10. Um, power play I thought has has continued to be awesome. Penalty kill as well. Um, I just to to me, I think I think the biggest thing for for Kitchener is the fact that they're able to go to two goalies. Um, I think there's been quite a few years that they haven't been able to have one guy get on a roll and run for not, not to say a guy's going to play 10 games in a row, but, um, to really cement themselves as a number one. And so they've kind of had to rely on two, but it really hasn't worked out. Whereas now it has like, that's big Tristan Malbuff. We're big fans of him calling, seeing him as a, as a member of the Bulldogs last yeah. year. Um, talking to guys around the room, just getting Malbuff an opportunity to be a part of a team that's that's going for a championship, um, being a part of a team that's at the top of their conference, top of their division. So I think goaltending's big for them, for the Kitchener Rangers. And we're we're not talking about the same size as the two guys in Sault Ste. Marie, because that's almost unfair. That's two Ben Bishops in the net um in Sault Ste. Marie, if you want to make that yeah. early comparison in oh, the NHL. Big. But um, you know, for the Kitchener Rangers, I thought they've They've played a a very very complete uh, twenty five games. To, Absolutely, to and I mean they've blown 
they've blown expectations, Kitchener. Let's be honest. I mean, this team, yes, 100%. And this team's for real. This team's for real. They're not going anywhere. They're a heck of a team. They have two good goaltenders. Parsons playing well. Malibu's playing well. Um, both, I mean, that team's just nasty. They're the top defenseman in the league. It, it, there's no end to buts about it. But I just think, I mean, right now, the final two, three, I mean, this could be so exciting. I know this is cliche, but you imagine the Western Conference, the playoffs started today, which it doesn't. A lot can change. But can you imagine when your top four teams right now in the second round right now it would be Kitchener Saginaw if it goes as favored Kitchener Saginaw um, London Sioux yeah that's like that's like that's a dream right there that's like that's thank you for that like thank you OHL like that's something that yeah that's nice um that's good to grow the game for sure I think the biggest thing for me right now and I mean two teams you've won one in a row ending the weekend so I don't know how how well you look into that but. Um, the top five teams in the Western Conference now are currently on streaks where they haven't lost in regulation. Um, you know, the Kitchener Rangers, like I said, they've won one in a row to end the weekend. Um, I mean, that's still big to end the weekend on a win. Um, Sue Greyhounds three oh two oh in their last or you know, in their last five. London, they're the same. They've won one in a row, but again, nice to end the weekend on a on a winning note. Saginaw's ten and oh, and then the Guelph Storm are four oh oh and one. Um yeah. So you're talking about your top five teams having not lost in regulation on their current streaks right now. So um, that's one thing that is really exciting for me. Um, whereas on the flip side in the East, each team is currently on a, on a losing streak where they've lost in regulation. Now Mississauga, it's one in a row. Ottawa, it's one in a row. Peterborough, it's two in a row. But but still, I think you're starting to see, and you had mentioned this before, Colin, where it's the old OHL where the Western Conference is flat out dominant right now um the superior group currently not to say the east isn't um it's a lot tighter a lot more competitive games you're not seeing blowouts in in you know eastern conference matchups which is nice to see very enjoyable you don't like blowouts at all um but but at the same time the way the western conference is playing and specifically those top five teams um it's it's been fun to say the least, absolutely it's, it's has been very fun. 100% it has, and it's been a great, uh, it's been a great year so far for sure. And the league's tight, and it's every year at this time, you know, you speak the same thing. It's been tight. Um, who's going to finish where? And that's the excitement of this uh, league. And you love to see the good teams and the bad teams are getting better, and that's what it's all about right now in the Ontario Hockey League. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, uh, that ends the show. A little bit closer to an hour than usual, but uh, still a lot of great topics to go through. We are heading to December. This is the final episode for the month of November as we get even closer to World Juniors, even closer to Christmas, even closer to New Year's. Again, if your team has not had a teddy bear game yet, buy tickets for those events, for those teddy bear games. Um, Grab as many teddy bears as you want. You can bring three, four, five, ten. Well, that's a little bit much, but still everything goes to a great cause for, for all of those games. So um, if you are able to get tickets for a teddy bear game, even if it's just one, you bring one teddy bear, throw it on the ice. It's still, yeah. it's still one of those games that you're going to want to go back to the next year. So everyone Absolutely. appreciate it as always appreciate everybody tuning in um, every single week, Tuesdays at 7 PM, anywhere you get your podcast, Google, Spotify, Apple, SoundCloud, wherever it may be. Um, we're, we're always there, Tuesday, 7 p.m. Um, it, it's always enjoyable. So 
Everybody, right. enjoy the, the jungle. Afternoon. Absolutely. Uh, enjoy the week. Enjoy the weekend. Uh, for Colin Ward, I'm Reese Dumaney. Again, thanks so much for tuning in, and we will chat again in seven days. Thank <laughs> you.